Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. And here we have made it to the 20th episode, Leah. Two hands, two feet. Woo-woo. Two hands, two feet. By golly, I, I'm going to lose count after this because I've got to take my socks off. Uh, welcome uh, to the Supercast, everyone. I'm Jacob Bosecker. I'm Leah Hensley. Happy Tuesday morning, y'all. Thank you for tuning in with us. You know, grab a cup of coffee and pull up because uh, we've got a great episode here for you today. We do. Of course, we always say that, but we really mean it. So <laughs> We, we really and, do mean it. As always, before we dive episode, in though today, mm-hmm, yeah, this episode is brought to you by Vanga CBD. Guess um, what, guys? If you have not checked out our social or Vanga's social today, you need to do so because our friends over at Vanga are offering an amazing contest right now. Um, they have tickets to give away to the Spartan Colorado races. Your choice of distance, ultra, beast, or sprint. Um, and you just have to go over to their website, vangacbd.com slash Spartan to enter the contest. Not only will the winner get a race distance of their choice, but they are also throwing in the big bomb, um, 1,000 milligrams of CBD recovery bomb. If you guys have not tried it yet, uh, you need to get on it and you will love it. So yeah, head on stuff, over, guys. enter the contest. Also go to vangacbd.com slash brocr um, with discount code brocr to save 15% off. There's a number of products available to you guys now. Um, as always, Jacob and I are always here for you to answer any questions you might have. I know we um, get some from listeners and we appreciate it. We love it. And the guys at Vanga CBD, if uh, we don't have the answer, they love chatting it up. So I'm really excited to be trying some of the, the products this weekend up at Toughest Twin Cities. We'll talk a little bit about that later and kind of sum up process and going into that. Um, but yeah, guys, check it out. We'll be doing videos and coverage with them. I can't believe that's just a month away um, yeah. here in Colorado. And I can't believe I've not been out there doing a race since um, since Battle Frog was around. Yeah, it's been <laughs> a while. Well, this is a new venue, so I'm excited to hear about you know what everybody thinks about it absolutely okay so on to today's episode on to the podcast we have a guest for you we've got sean balagura um those of you guys who are listening on the west coast i'm sure definitely are familiar with sean he's a huge influencer in the lone star spartans um sean grew up from a long history of military guys um he himself is a u.s navy veteran um, served aboard the USS John F. Kennedy. He has now spent the last 20 years in Austin, Texas, um, and created in 2014 a small grassroots organization that has later grown and evolved to what we know now today as Operation Valor. So 
welcome Sean to the podcast. We can't wait to hear more about it. Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me on today. Outstanding. Well, we're happy to have you, Sean. Um, it's just always great to hear. And, and what a good timing here right after the 4th of July and everything. <laughs> so Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. How was your 4th of July weekend, bud? It was very good. It was very good. Relaxing. The um, Amanda, my fiance, came into town, and uh, we had a really great weekend. Good deal. Good awesome. deal. So tell us a little bit about Operation Valor. Okay. I, well, likely I said in the intro there, I started uh, what became to be Operation Valor back in 2014. Okay. Uh, that was the year I did my first OCR, which was the Austin, Texas Super and Sprint Weekend. And uh, a, a little bit of historical background, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Paul, up in Dallas gave me a call. Uh, we had uh, reconnected on Facebook of all places. And uh, one night we were having a conversation and I asked him about some photos that he had posted on his Facebook profile of what looked like some kind of obstacle course, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have any idea uh, what it was. And so I asked him and he said, oh, well, that was uh, a Spartan race that I did a few weeks ago up in Killington, Vermont. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and me being, me being a military guy from a military family, obstacle courses are fun and it's, it's exercise. Yes, but it's also a challenge. Uh, they're, they're fun. Um, yeah. so he could tell I was interested and said, well, listen, there's a, a race coming up in Austin in May. How about if I drive down and we go out and do it together? And I said, great, that'd be fantastic. So at the time, <laughs> At the time, I was a 300-pound competitive power lifter. Oh, wow. Uh, so, um, not a light boy. <laughs> not, not exactly the prototypical OCR athlete. And I, I will admit to you guys on air that I was, I was a little bit arrogant going into that first event. Um, having had some experience with military OCRs, oh yeah, uh, I you know I thought you know hey there'll be a half to a quarter mile run in between obstacles. The obstacles will be a breeze and it'll be an easy day. And mm -hmm. I got my ass handed to me all day long. It was brutal. <laughs> oh it, it yeah, was just, it was just brutal. Um, I knew that I wouldn't be fast, but um, it really it really did a lot of damage. Um. What was so so for your first day out there? What was the most memorable moment that you had out there? Oh uh, yeah, at that weight on an obstacle. Well, well, there were there were there were a lot of those um, <laughs> because well, I, I come from a, a team sport background. Okay, so you know, kind of the trail running community, the OCR community were different to me uh, than my experience back in 2014. But um, it only took about you know, maybe 20 minutes for there to be kind of an eye-opening moment. Uh, we went off, uh, the, the LSS wave was at nine o'clock and we went off. And of course, you know, as you guys know, they send waves off every 15 minutes. So the nine fifteen wave caught up to us about 25 minutes after we started. Mm. And of course the fastest people are in the front and yeah. I'm way in the back with the turtles and these, these antelopes come galloping by me, <laughs> uh, you know, just like a herd. It's a little almost, sobering. Yeah. And it, <laughs> the thing is, just about every single one of them, you know, had something encouraging to say. You yeah. know, you know, stay strong. Keep it up, big guy. You're doing great. You know, th that type of that type of stuff. 
And yeah, I think that's something we've touched on on the show before. Is the that community rocks. The community and the support from direct competitors is unlike anything else. Yeah, it really is. Um, unfortunately, that morning in my very first experience with the, the OCR community, that's not how I took that. Uh, I, I honestly and sincerely, I thought these folks were taunting me. And I, I thought I... I, I really started to get mad. And then, you know, another 30 minutes goes by and the 930 wave catches up and the same yeah. thing happens. And now I'm already, I'm already a little bit triggered. So as they're going by me shouting encouragements, I start openly cussing at these people. Oh and uh, yeah, I, I, I got a lot of very strange glances. And then of course the 945 wave catches up later and then the 10 o'clock and even my rock for brains uh, head eventually figures out that maybe something else is going on here. <laughs> and um, I, I was out, it was a super course and I think it was like 8.9 miles that day, if I remember okay. right. And it took me seven hours and 19 minutes and 36 seconds to finish Ooh, that course. Wow. Long day at the office. I, 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 I had three broken bones in my right foot, one in my left, Whoa. a torn hamstring and a high ankle sprain when I crossed the finish line. Dear God. But the, the thing that the thing that stuck with me was was the people that mm -hmm. all day long. It never failed that anybody going by me almost to us to a person, you know, had something encouraging to say, mm -hmm. um, you know, keep it up. You're doing great. Hey, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And when I crossed the finish line, the first two words out of my mouth were never again. <laughs> and. <laughs> I, I, I uttered that a few times, and then after I sat down and I had a chance to reflect on what had happened that afternoon, um, I realized that I, I was given something that I had been missing for a long time. Like, like Leah alluded to there a minute ago, there's a camaraderie between competitors, between complete strangers out on the course that's kind of forged in that shared adversity, even that misery that you go through on the course. And that camaraderie that I felt was something that I had not had since I was on active duty in the Navy. And that's the moment that I knew that this was my community and these were my people. And I wanted to go and do more things with them. And that's how I got started in, uh, in OCR. That is fantastic. That is a great story. <laughs> Um, so where was Operation Valor? What you said this? What year was right. this first race? Twenty fourteen. Okay. Okay. So um, kind of on the still. heels, of, yeah, kind of on the heels of that story. <coughs> Excuse me. So I get home and um, I, I realize that I want to do more of these events with, specifically with these people. So I I go online and do a quick Google search, and the next race that's relatively close is the Dallas beast in mm -hmm. uh, late October, early November. Um, yep. I, I go online to start looking for hotel rooms uh, because as everybody knows, the actual race venue is not the actual city that's advertised. Austin. Exactly. So you know, start hunting. <laughs> yeah. The, the Austin race isn't in Austin. It's 45 minutes North of here in Burnett, Texas. Mm -hmm. Well, the Dallas race isn't in Dallas either. It's an hour and a half Southwest of there in a small town called Glen Rose. Glen G. Yep. Now, in 2014, Glen Rose, Texas was pretty infamous for some not-so-good reasons. So, um, 
it raised a red flag in my mind. So I went online and, and did a little bit of digging and come to find out the venue that Spartan race does the Glen Rose event is the same exact venue where Navy seal, Chris Kyle and his best friend, Chad Littlefield were shot and killed in February of 2013. And apparently I was the first person in the OCR community to connect these dots together. Oh, wow. So well, that was before the movie came out. Cause when did, when did the movie right. come out? Yeah, it came out the next year. It came out, uh, I think, January of 2015. Okay. So I reached out to the leadership of the Lone Star Spartans. I'm one of the team captains now, but I wasn't back then. And I said, hey, did you guys know? And I laid everything out for them. And, of course, they didn't. And they went off and talked for a little bit, and they came back. And they said, listen, we know you're a Navy veteran, and you've got ties to that community. Would you mind putting together something to, to honor and pay respects to those guys uh, that race weekend? And as a veteran, uh, coming from a family of veterans, that's not something you say no to. So that first year, uh, I, I put together a really crappy T-shirt design <laughs> that, I, that I did myself. <laughs> and I literally sold them out of the trunk of my car there at Glenrose that year. And um we made, uh, we made, I think it was eighteen hundred and sixty something dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, the Lone Star Spartans kicked in enough um, as a donation to make it an even two thousand. And I wrote two one thousand dollar checks that year. thousand uh, dollars went to the Chris Kyle Memorial Fund, which went uh, directly to his widow and children, and the other thousand dollar check went to Guardian for Heroes, which is the foundation that. Uh, Chris started when he got out of uh, out of the teams. Nice. That is that is just phenomenal. And that's where we so, all born. 2014. So flash forward now, five years later, um, how has this project evolved? I've every year, wow. guys, when you guys see that evolve and that that the beast in Dallas, it's just if there's anything that goes with that race, it's you guys. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, obviously, that's where we got started, yep. and. It's, it's not just a symbolic event for us. There's a lot of real meaning there. Uh, Chad Littlefield's oh, older brother sits on my board of directors, Jerry Richardson, and he's a very close, very good friend of mine. Um, and the Littlefield family comes out. The Kyle family has come out in years past. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very personal. It's very emotional for us. But over the past five years, uh, the foundation has grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, that's the, the Glen Rose event is, I guess, kind of the, the finale to our, our year, our calendar year, but we've got three other events that we also do, uh, during the year. We do one event that's going on right now is our operation Red Wings event. Okay. And that's an online virtual 5k. Uh, if, if anybody out there is familiar with the movie Lone Survivor or, Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell, that's, the, that's his story. And we, uh, we do an event to benefit uh, uh, the foundation that he started as well, uh, Lone Survivor Foundation. Okay. So what um, does that event entail? You know, <coughs> a virtual thing, so is it just raising money virtually and then... Right, yeah, it's, it, that's exactly right. Um, it's, it's just a... We, we put together this year for the first time a trifecta of events. Okay. Um, one for the Operation Red Wings uh, event that happened uh, back in 05. And then we do another event uh, at the first week of August for the 31 uh, special operations guys who were lost in Extortion 1-7. Okay. Um, 
an event that uh, was still is the greatest single loss of life in special operations history. Um, I had a couple friends who were on that helicopter. And then, of course, we do this year, we're going to do a virtual 10K for that event. And then, of course, we've got the Fallen Heroes Memorial Run there at Glen Rose in conjunction with Spartan Race, and that's a half marathon. So we have three events, three different distances. Leads up, yep. And uh, culminates uh, with uh, the Fallen Heroes Memorial Run. So it's not too late if people want to get in on oh, this no. and get all three. That is absolutely right. Um, anybody can sign up online. Um, you can get all the information on Facebook, uh, OpValor1, uh, or our website, uh, OpValor.org. Or, of course, you can send me messages. Um, I'm on Facebook almost all the time anyway. So, You know, just, just great stuff here. And I mean, having, having some friends and ties and stuff like this, just to hear things like this it just you know it, it's such a wonderful thing it's and giving back to the families like you guys are and helping those people out because it's i mean it's it resonates and i oh, i yeah you know, it's, it's intense man and it's it's just such a great thing you guys are doing for the families and for that community well, well like you. you said, I think it's gotten to the point where it is synonymous with that Texas race. I'm curious, how has Spartan, you know, reacted? What's what's Spartan's take on on this? Because it's it's obvious that you guys are are definitely kind of leading the way on this weekend. Yeah, um, I know that Spartan race gets a little bit of flack uh, from people in the community, but my experience with them behind the scenes has been absolutely amazing. Um, and I've got Good. a little, little story that I'd like to share if I could. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so Jason Barnes is a fellow Navy veteran and he was the race director in Glen Rose. Um, I believe it was 2015 and okay. we had just come off the 2014 you know, season it was, we did one t-shirt and that's all we really did. We didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to find our way and what we were doing. And I reached out to, to Mike Morris up in Boston at uh, Spartan HQ mm -hmm. and, and started to have this conversation about, Hey, let's try and partner together somehow and see if we can do some good for, for veterans that need help. And he said, well, let me put you in uh, touch with my race director. His name's Jason Barnes. And, um, and he asked me, do you have, you know, is there anything you would like to do? And I said, well, we'd really like your permission to sell merchandise on site. Um, and we, we, you know, we'd like, ex you know, th there was a list of items. And yeah, out of, you know, I guess we're going on five and a half years now that I've had uh, this working relationship with Spartan Race. The only time they've ever said no to me was to that one question. You know, they came back and said, ah, you know what? Um, we'd really prefer if you didn't uh, sell merchandise on site. And I said, I, I understand. You know, that's part of, yep. part of your business model. And right. I don't want to step on your toes. You guys are doing me a favor just to, to help support me. So, okay, no problem. Well, I always go up to Glen Rose a few days early to make sure that, you know, we're set up and our logistics are taken care of. And, uh, I knew Jason was going to be there, um, as the race director. So I came by and, and, uh, saw him and we had a talk and he said, listen, if you happen to have some t-shirts in your tent and you happen to sell them and I don't see it, 
nobody <laughs> nobody will be the wiser. So even in that one instance where Spartan Race did come back and, and say no, they right. still uh, they still as an entity found a way to to support us and support the venture community. And I, I can't say enough good things about the entire organization, top to bottom, left to right. Uh, they've been phenomenal for me. Every time I go to them and ask them for something a little bit bigger than last year, they always say yes. Uh, they've always found a way to work with me um, and have never asked for any attaboys or accolades. There's nothing in this for them. You know, they, they don't, they, there's nothing outside of doing a good deed for, for them as a corporate entity. Um, and I really respect and appreciate that. So, yeah, I've got nothing but great things to say about them. That's awesome. That's I think great. that, I think you're right. I think, you know, people get caught up in, you know, Big Bad Spartan. And we hear stories like this. And there's a lot of good going on out there. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you, you share that with people. You know, I think the thing is to remember, too, so often. And we say, you know, there's rough things that Spartan does sometimes. But the fact is, there are so many wheels moving globally for that company right now mm-hmm. i mean just constantly in and out of things i remember my friend amelia vamos back in the day did you ever meet her uh sean no i didn't she was uh, she was one of the media directors and every time i talked to her she was just underwater with uh, some new project that they were working on or some like oh we're doing this in arabia this weekend and it was just like i can't get my mind around doing a double sandbag in palmerton and this gal's mm-hmm. talking about like tent supplies in Arabia. <laughs> yeah, I can I can relate. Um, we do we do three major events every year, and I'm mm-hmm. completely tapped, 365. And you know th- this team is cranking out an event every weekend, if not two on some weekends. So, right. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. Major problems in the states. Guys, gals. And then you look yeah. globally. Oh, it's crazy. So what is what is your hope for Operation Valor at this point? My five-year plan is for us to be the largest charity, veteran charity in the state of Texas. Okay. Uh, it, it's the, the more the more work that we put in, the more good we can do, the more veterans we can help. It really just boils down to that. So, um, I, I don't I, I don't necessarily like to put numbers, uh, specific numbers around that uh, as a goal because it moves around and uh, you know, some of the numbers can sound like, like you're bragging. And, and I think that's, that's the wrong message, but the, the mission is to help our nation's veterans who were in need. And there's far, far too many of them out there right now. Oh, absolutely. They're not getting the support that they deserve. You know, I, I a thousand percent agree with that. Um, and it's just, like I said, just a great thing that you guys are doing. Um, now, one so, thing, if we have you on the show, that we'd be remiss and not talking about is your own personal journey, Sean. I think that um, those of us who are friends with you or following you on Facebook have have seen what you've gone through personally over the past several months, and the outpouring from the community has been just heartwarming. Want to feel comfortable sharing yeah. a little bit about what's been going on? Yeah, I, w- I wasn't sure if you guys are going to bring that up or not, but um, absolutely. So, um, yeah. just for those people who who don't know, I'll, I guess I'll give you my, the little background. On April twenty second, I went into the hospital uh, for a pretty routine angiogram uh, to 
exploratory angiogram to see if there were any major blockages in arteries of my heart. Um, my cardiologist and I suspected that there were, so we were prepared to to place uh, stents. And the, the expectation was that he was going to have to place one or maybe more stents to open up some arteries. Um, in the process of being prepped, uh, I was literally laying on the table and they were just about to run the IV. Uh, I had a heart attack and my heart wow. stopped. And they shocked me and brought me back. And I immediately had another heart attack and my heart stopped. And they brought me back a second time. And then I had a third heart attack and my heart stopped. And they brought me back again. So um, once they got me stabilized after the third heart attack, um, a cardiologist called the vascular surgeon on duty and he came down and the cardiologist asked him, hey, do you want to wheel this guy into the ER for an emergency open heart bypass? And he looked over my imaging and my charts and me, I guess, as well. And he, he just looked at the cardiologist and said, no, uh, if we open this guy up right now in the state that he's in, he's going to die. Uh, you've got to go in and you've got to place those stents and you've got to do it now and you have to do it absolutely perfectly or he's going to die today. Um, and a procedure which normally takes, according to my cardiologist, 20 to 25 minutes, took him four and a half hours. Holy cow, uh, bud. I, I, threw, I threw a major blood clot that had to get sucked out. And then they, they had a a problem with clotting and uh, blood, uh, one of the arteries getting shut down. So, um, fortunately my cardiologist is gifted and he got the stents placed. The unfortunate thing is that there was so much damage to my system that, uh, almost immediately after that, uh, my major organ system started shutting down. My digestive tract failed, my kidneys failed, my liver failed, and then two days later, my lungs failed. And I was in uh, a medically induced coma for 13 days. Um, Holy cow. They were hoping, hoping that my lungs would come back. Um, obviously, as I'm sitting here talking with you guys, everything is okay now. Yeah, um, yeah. And thank God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it's just such a such a, a miracle truthfully to that you are where you are at today after you know seeing the struggle that you that you fought for two weeks it's um, insane yeah you know and it's 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 definitely eye-opening it was very just so touching for me to see just the outpouring every time there would be a post with an update there'd be hundreds of replies almost instantaneously well, I'll tell you guys another quick story kind of about that. Yeah. Um, when, when I woke up out of the coma, the first thing that I saw, I was down in the ICU and my sister was there. My mom and dad were there. And of course my, my fiance Amanda was there. Yeah. And when I opened my eyes, I felt, I felt pretty okay. And the first thing I saw on the wall opposite me was a map of the U S and at first I thought that maybe I was still asleep and I was having a dream about being back in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as I kind of came to my senses, I realized that wasn't the case. And there were, there were stars, gold stars all over the map. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of these stars. And as I came to, and you know, 
the, the questions of how do you feel, how are you doing, were, were taken care of. You know, I said, what is, what is that? And Amanda said, I, I put together a map and I put a gold star by the city where everyone who, who said a prayer for you and wished you well lives. And, oh man, you know, I've, I've still got that map sitting in my, my living room right now. And I walk by it every morning when I go to work and when I come home and it, it, it takes my breath away every time I see it and it brings tears to my eyes. Um, even now kind of talking about it for, you know, the 20th time, mm-hmm. um, it's still, it's still really emotional. The, the number of people, uh, that reached out, the number of people that came by to see me, e- even, you know, even when I was in a coma, you know, there are people who came by and, and just hung out with me and talked to me while I was there, um, took photographs, you know, and <laughs> made, made silly post Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has this experience shaped where, you know, where do you go from here? How is this? Yeah, this is going to shape. I mean, this is, this thing is shaping your entire year, man. I mean, how yeah, well, mentally yeah, coming out of that. Yeah. Uh, obviously my race calendar got cut, uh, cut short abruptly. Yeah. Uh, I'm in cardiovascular rehabilitation up until mm-hmm. the okay. second week of October, I believe. And if everything, you know, continues, uh, on course, then the doctor will release me to get back into the gym at least. Um, but yeah, my, my racing is done for 2019. So hopefully, uh, at the Houston sprint, I will make my comeback fingers crossed. Um, we'll see what the doctors have to say. So, yep. Day at a time, day at a time, but it's just great to even hear, like, here's the thing you're not looking like your, your, your racing season's done. I know so many people that would look at it like that. You're looking forward to the next thing. Like, how do I move on? How do I move forward? And it's mm-hmm. just to hear a guy that's been going through so much with all this this year and just only focusing on the good. I, I've got friends who've been in situations like that. I know how hard it is. It is, it is humbling to hear somebody look at it like that well, and just look forward to it. <laughs> I was, I was in the hospital for almost six weeks um, literally half of that, I was unconscious in a coma. Yeah. Um, and when, when I came out and everybody started telling me, uh, the things that happened, you know, yeah. medically, the, the array of different things that, that went wrong. Um, there comes a point where, you know, you want to get back to your life and yeah. I, I wanted to go home. I wanted to see my fiance I wanted to spend time with my family and I knew that I could only do that if my body healed and if I completed a certain sequential, uh, order of milestones, you know, it, the first thing is that, you know, I had to be able to get out of the ICU, you know, and you can only, you can't get out of the ICU until, you know, you can, you know, go to the bathroom on a regular basis and, you know, your labs hit certain numbers and then it was, okay, now I need to be able to get myself to the bathroom and back. And can I put on a shirt now? And, uh, can I walk 20 feet back and forth without a walker, um, just to get out of, uh, the intermediate care unit to get down to physical therapy. And well, then I think what you're of- describing is, is 
perfect and, you know, a direct correlation of, you know, what we all go through, whatever situation it may be, you know, we set these big goals, but it's so easy to become overwhelmed with the the big picture. I want to just get home. I want to be out of here. I want to be home. But, you know, I want to race this race or I want to do this or I want to accomplish that. And it's, you know, breaking it down into smaller pieces and just staying the course is is key here, you know? Yeah, that was the only way to digest it. That was the only way to to stay sane. <laughs> well, because yeah. literally when I woke up, um, I couldn't walk and I couldn't move my arms. And oh, I, I had to relearn my basic motor skills from scratch. And... If you think about where you are now and where you were, that is a really negative downward spiral that, you know, I probably wouldn't have come out of. If you let it get you there. Yeah, I had to to look at, it's like, okay, what do you want to do with your life now? You know, and and like I told my fiance, I've still got shit to do. Uh, (laughs) I'm not not done here. I, I got things that I want to get accomplished. And. And she just looked at me and nodded and said, yeah, you, that's, you're damn right. So it's, <laughs> it's, you know, you, uh, get busy living or get busy dying. The man mm-hmm. said, right. That's true. That, that is hundred percent true. Okay. And this is just, this is just great. Um, I'm so happy we got the chance to talk to you about this stuff. Sure. Um, so, okay. Coming out of that, you've been in a coma for 13 days. You really don't know what's going on. What's the first thing when they start, explain to you what's all happened to you. Okay. So Where here's, your mind the, go? Here, yeah, here's the story. So the first person to see me, uh, open my eyes was my sister. Okay. My sister fancies herself as the family comedian. So Uh-oh. she comes over to me and of course she starts with, Hey bro, how are you feeling? And I, I felt okay. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm all right. And then she, you know, takes this really soft, gentle voice and says, how long do you think that you were out? Now, just from the context and her body language, I knew it wasn't four hours. I knew that it was an extended period of time. But for me, one moment ago, I was laying down on the procedure table and now I'm waking up in the ICU. So I don't have a clue. So I just took a wild guess and I said, I don't know, two or three days. And she oh leaned down God. over me and she said, it's the year 2026. Threw <laughs> <laughs> oh you into another heart attack. So, so you, you obviously call her on that one. <laughs> yeah. That's so. That's awesome. Too funny. But still, two weeks, over two weeks out is... Yeah, it's a long time. Nuts. Yeah, and because my uh, digestive tract had shut down, uh, they had put a feeding tube uh, down my throat, but okay. I wasn't I wasn't processing anything. So uh, they took the tube out, and for most of those thirteen days, I I wasn't given any kind of nutrition or, or sustenance. So uh, I woke up and I had lost eighty pounds. Holy oh. crap! And, from the time that I, from the time that I went in. So I remember distinctly weighing myself the morning of the procedure on April 22nd. And I weighed 360.4 pounds. And when I left the hospital, my very last day, uh, when I walked out of there, uh, that morning I weighed 287.1. Goodness. Whoa. 
So that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. To say you've been through something this year is, is putting it mildly. I think it, it speaks a lot to, you know, your character, your, your values, the fact that you're fighting this fight on your own, but yet still here we are, um, you know, advocating for Operation Valor, advocating for these, these events you guys have coming up. I think it's, you know, it's, it's remarkable, Sean. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but I, I don't think of it that way. I, I have to be honest. Um, I didn't really go through anything. You know, I, I got to sleep through all the bad parts of, of my hospital stay. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember having a heart attack. I remember my chest getting tight. I certainly mm-hmm. don't remember number two and number three. I don't remember my lungs failing or my organs shutting down, but my family does. You know, my mom and dad and my fiance and my sister and my friends, they all had to live through that. And that's by far the toughest part of all of this. Um, I think it would have been a lot better, a lot easier for me if it had just been me by myself. But, you know, when, when you have to hear stories secondhand about doctors asking your mother to sign a DNR because they don't know if you're going to make it through the night, you know, that's, that is a horrible, horrible mm-hmm. thing to put on your parents, you know? Um, I, I am sorry. And I ask forgiveness to them, but I didn't really go through anything. They're the ones who really had to go through it. So the thing in my is, mind, though, they're the heroes. The, the beautiful thing about this and going back to the sport and where we started with all this, um, there's an album that came out last year, um, trench by 21 pilots. And there's a line from that album that has resonated so many times with like me and like rough times in the past year and stuff and nothing compared to your story, but it's, it's the very simple line in trench. I'm not alone. And in those battles and in those, in those hell holes that we go through in this life, sometimes you don't have to look far to see somebody else in that same place. And you don't have to look far to see somebody else hurting. And that's the beauty of what you're looking at here, bud. Um, and even going back to those races that you've done, you know, people cheering you on right there. It's not hard to look far in a race to see somebody else going through something similar. Mm-hmm. That's um, and it's, it's so sobering and just hearing your story, bud, man, this is like, yeah. it just, it's so, it, it reminds me how empowering the sport can be and just how we're not alone. Absolutely. I, uh, I actually was talking with Amanda, um, I guess last week about this. And I was reflecting upon my time in the hospital and uh, all the medical hurdles that, that I had to overcome. And I, I looked at her in the eyes and said, you know, we're really lucky that we've got so many exceptionally high quality friends that we have been gifted through, through OCR. Um, you know, just thinking about just off the top of my head, you know, the, the Earl Granville's and the Rick Kohlberg's, uh, you know, the, the, the Jay readers and all, all of these amazing, fantastic people that I would have never come in contact with were it not for, for obstacle course racing. Um, Mm -hmm. 
the community, the community is what hooked me from the beginning and it renews my spirit every, every race that I get to go to and see my friends. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, I just wish I would have, would have found it years before. I think that's a common sentiment among, among most people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think you're doing awesome with it. And, you know, for those people that are listening, I know you mentioned it before, but how can people find you, get in touch with you and Operation Valor as a whole? Uh, yeah, our website is www.opvalor.org, opvalor.org. Uh, we are on uh, Facebook and Instagram at opvalor1 and at Operation Valor. So, and of course, if you want to just reach out to me, you can always do that too. Fantastic. Do you have any shout outs or anyone you want to give thanks to? Much love to my fiance, Amanda. She's out there and she'll be listening to this in short order. So, <laughs> We're, you know, Sean, this is, this is, this is a rock of an episode here, buddy. Um, thank you so much for taking the time and taking the, and being able to share your story. We're so, I mean, there are so many stories out there in this community and there really are. It's, you know, m- mine is just one, but you know, I can name 20 people with more incredulous stories than, than what I've relayed to you guys tonight. So it's just so humbling, um, bud. And we're, we're so incredible. honored to have this. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. No problem. Thank you guys. Awesome. For all you listeners drop us a line, drop Sean a line. Um, um, leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Jacob, do you have uh, any other shout outs or people to? Yeah. Um, wow. I'm, I'm just rocked after this episode. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to human octane. Once again, great products. Um, check them out. Um, they're the apparel sponsor of bro CR. Um, great products. They're getting ready to roll out their pants line here in a few weeks. I'm going to be going through an ultra this weekend up in Minneapolis. Um, come check us out. I'll be making videos all Friday and Saturday, um, up there. And just um, getting podcast stuff together up there and hearing more stories and talking to people, um, making videos and doing sports, running in the mud with friends. Um, yeah, that's really, I think, all we've got this weekend. So check them out. Um, when we'll, we'll see you guys out there. Um, until next week, I'm Jacob Bosacker. I'm Leah Hensley. Have a great Tuesday, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.